Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Huddle Breakdown preview edition as we look ahead to Celtic's Champions League clash against RB Leipzig at Celtic Park. A huge game for Celtic tonight and hopefully they'll get a win on the board in this Champions League group as they look to go into the second half of this group stage with more than the one point that they've got on the board so far. Alan Morrison and Juco James are on the line as always as we look ahead to this game. Alan, we'll start with, I guess the most important aspect of this game and that's the starting lineup. We don't have mm. it just yet. It's always hard to preview games without the team sheet in front of you and, and make a good judgment call on it. But I suppose we'll start by looking back at the weekend rather than looking ahead to what we think might be the team sheet. We'll look back at the team sheet that was uh, up against St. Johnson at the weekend. A good few changes to the team. Ralston came in at right back. Burnaby came in at left back. Carter Vickers was back for it uh, with Stephen Welsh and the centre-back. Hatate and O'Reilly made up a double pivot in midfield, which was quite interesting. We were wondering what Ange would do with the changes uh, now that Cal McGregor is out injured. Jota, Haksabanovic and Abada, and then Giacomacca started up front. So my instinct tells me it's not going to be exactly that starting eleven, given the changes that were required from a physical standpoint and I suppose a a, a tired leg standpoint but I, I guess we'll go with the midfield we'll start with that because that's the most interesting aspect of this uh, if you ask any fan and we question what Celtic would do without Cal McGregor now that he's been confirmed out injured probably until the World Cup and beyond so a good few games he's going to miss it was a double pivot of Rio Hatate and Matt O'Reilly playing in a deeper uh, role in midfield what did you make of that first off? Yeah, I, th- I think it was mixed, it's fair to say. So, I mean, with O'Reilly, you're always going to get moments of, of quality. And, you know, he did thread a number of passes through. But what, what, what you, you know, you, you don't realise, you you know, you miss it until you don't get have it right. So what, what McGregor gives you is, you know, he's a number, he's, he's ostensibly a number six, but that doesn't mean, say, he's hammering into people, winning tackles, flying around, intercepting the ball, <clears throat> you know, giving it off easy and letting the other players kind of play just being that sort of um, insurance policy. He's not that sort of number six, right? His main attribute is that he gets the ball. He finds space um, in Celtic's own half, whether it be between the, the pressing strikers or between the pressing forward players. He, 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 he manages to always receive the ball in a good body shape, good body position, and he does everything quickly. And so therefore he progresses the ball up the park 
and he and he's capable also of running with the ball at feet very effectively, and that's that's his main skill. Now, I'm not I'm not reducing him down to just that, but he's not the most creative player anymore. He's he's te- frankly terrible at shooting, and as I say, he's not a, he's never going to be a Scott Brown type of aggressive number six. But that's not to kind of denigrate what he does because all the things that he does are in the seventy five percent of the of the actions that involve having the ball. So it's really important that he's good at what he does. Um, So replacing that is is difficult, right? Um, I think personally, you need somebody in that position who understands that position Um, rather than Matt O'Reilly, who's a bright young player. We've had him playing as a number eight, a number 10, and now now as a number six. I don't think he always picked up the right positions. I don't think he always received the ball on the half turn. His His body shape wasn't always... Uh, perfect for for that. And I just think against this caliber of opposition, there's just too much risk in in, in expecting him to um, play the role that you know McGregor played last week, where he, he, McGregor was under incredible pressure, both from players running at him, etc. And you know, and, and every time he got the ball. So I think you need personally, you need somebody in there who understands the role well. And I think you then that you, you then get you know um, O'Reilly's benefit as one of the more forward players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you see Cal McGregor play on the international stage, like the Champions League, I think that's when you start to see his value, or more more so when you don't see him in the Celtic team, you start to see the value that he brings. James, you were actually writing about Cal McGregor in the Celtic way today, and one of the things you highlighted was uh, OBV, which is a metric you like to bring on the ball value, but more particularly from dribbling and carrying the ball, what McGregor brings in that aspect versus what Rio Tati and Matt O'Reilly can bring. Now, just purely instinctively, it I would look at Matt O'Reilly and say he's not as strong at carrying the ball forward as Cal McGregor is. I would see that as one of McGregor's great strengths is be, being able to be the link man between the, you know, the almost the second line of defense up to the, the the midfield and the more attacking players. So in that aspect of play, what real life differences does it make? Yeah, so what I wrote is I, I fear it's an intractable intractable problem, meaning that to Alan's point, um, McGregor's kind of a hybrid type of player that is uh, maybe not ideally, but very well suited for what's required of the style of play that Ange is asking Celtic to play. And the slower you transition in buildup from the back to the front, the easier it is. I mean, it sounds like common sense stuff, but it, it's all about the fine margins. But it's, it's the easier it is for the defending side, the opposition, to get into shape and to be able to mark people and make it harder to break them down because they're going to be an organized defense, obviously. And what McGregor excels at is being able to get that transition and build up done very quickly, um, very intelligently. He's he's he's. Uh, quick of thought and of action. And um, that was always one of my bigger concerns with Brown is because he, you know, was intelligent in his play, but he wasn't necessarily quick in doing it all the time. Um, and that was why we'd often would get kind of methodical in our buildup. Um, and, and it seems almost slow at times. And I think we started to see more of that um, and that's part of what I wrote about is it's only one game to Alan's point. I mean, you know, to put a rile, I'm not, none of this had anything to do. It was more so about building up the value of McGregor than being critical of anybody else and how difficult this problem is going to be to address, I think. 
um, domestically, let alone going up against a team like um, Leipzig tonight. So um, I'm just not sure there's an answer to it. I, I think it's going to be, and you know, in Ange in his press conference yesterday, I mean, he claimed that it wasn't a double pivot, that it was kind of the same setup. And, you know, I, I think some of that was a natural um, issue of people having to drop to help and build up. And that's, I suspect we'll see that again tonight because <laughs> I don't think our back five are going to all of a sudden magically, even with Carter Vickers back, hopefully, um, that we're magically going to become this, you know, uh, Real Madrid style <laughs> uh, build up from the back team. So, um, and that, you know, that invites pressure and then that moves the the opposition up the field a little bit. And that could create some opportunities uh, in, in transition for our, our side in attack. Um, but it also creates risk. And I, I think that's the other part where McGregor, he, he's such an intelligent player, uh, but he's also so schooled in doing this. Now the muscle memory of where to go, where, who's going to be, where no one else is going to be able to do that at this stage. They do not have the reps. They do not have, um, that muscle memory. And so it's either slow it down or, um, your error rate is going to go up. And I think that's, you know, so it's pick your poison kind of thing. Do you need another player dropping back to help or more than one? <laughs> um, uh, do you slow down the buildup and, or do you have the error rate go up because the people trying to fill this role. And I think all of those scenarios bode concerningly for, um, the opposition tonight specifically because of the way they play and, um, the athleticism that they and the attacking threat that 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 they pose. Yeah, I think the point that you make there is quite interesting in that Calum McGregor might actually be more difficult to replace domestically than on the European stage because if you think about what we've spoken about, what we need in the European level is someone that's going to be cutting out the the counterattacks that are going to happen inevitably by Celtic playing such a high line. But if you think about the replacements for Cal McGregor, it's, uh, you know, James McCarthy, defensive destroyer, Avildgaard, defensive destroyer, Itaguchi, you know, I haven't seen much of him at all since he's come to the club. But apart from that, we don't really have, you know, Aaron Moy isn't really a Cal McGregor type either. He's more of a, you know, a controller in the midfield as opposed to in a high energy all-round sort of central midfielder that Cal McGregor is. So against teams like St. Johnson, when you don't have a player like Cal McGregor, you end up with a more defensive-minded player playing in a role against a defensive team and you sort of have, uh, you're playing too much of a defensive team for your own good. Celtic didn't do that at the weekend. Obviously, they dropped Matt O'Reilly back a little bit fur further. But in terms of the game tonight, Alan, Abelgaard was the one who came on for Cal McGregor when... He got injured against Leipzig last week. He looked dead on the, his feet by the end of the game. He didn't look like he was fully up to, you know, the system or the the speed of play. Is he the player that's going to come in to replace him tonight, do you think? Or do you think it'll be James McCarthy? Because James McCarthy is somebody who has done quite well in the little cameos that he's been on the field over the last couple of days. You're on mute, Alan. Sorry, everybody was came home then. Um, I, I, uh, I, I need to have seen Abelgar or Abel, or Abelgor or, or Abligor. Oh, Abelgor, I think we're. I think is the practice. Abelgar. 
Abogar, are um, you know what has it been like on the training ground? Because I mean, the guy, you know, need to, people need to understand that he was hasn't played a competitive game since May. Um, he didn't have a club to train with until he joined Celtic, so he was training on his own. Which you know, I'm sure he's fit, but there's there's fit, and then there's training with other big big blokes who are kind of chasing you around and kicking you type fit, and he's not that fit, so um, he's going to take a bit of time. I mean, I, I like the look of him, you know. I'd like the look of him before he joined. Um, he, 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 I like the fact that he protects the back four. You know, once again, we were exposed numerous times aerially. Um, you know, our RB won't try and launch balls into the box, but they will try and get the ball forward quickly. And um, Abogard is, Abogore is seems very good at, you know, intercepting. Number of la- last-ditch tackles and things he was he's, he's put in in the last two games. And the cameo appearances have been incredible, actually, for the for short amount of time he's been on the pitch. If he could last 70 minutes, I, I would personally, I would put him in. Because um, I think I don't think he's that conservative a pass. I think he's pretty decent on the ball as well. But it's possibly too early for him. Uh, and then in which case you're left with a choice of Moy or McCarthy. I don't think it'll be McCarthy. I just thought it's just, it's just so far out. It's just a different... A different style of football altogether, um, and and you know we, well, it was funny what you said. We ended up arguably with three holding midfielders on the pitch at the end against St. Johnson, and still gave up loads of chances. <laughs> so what does that tell you? Um, maybe uh, Foster Cogley's right. Actually, you need you need more attackers on there to score more goals. Um, so I think I think I suspect it will be O'Reilly. That's what I think you'll go with. But if it was me, I would like to go with Abelgard. I'd, I'd move O'Reilly forward. With a tatty, and I would—I don't suspect Jota will make it, and I'd have Aksabanovic on the on the wing uh, on the left wing to replace Jota. But um, uh, yeah, otherwise it's Moy, and I, I just don't think Moy's got the either the, the coverage defensively or the intensity of passing and the quickness to take advantage. Even though he's got the range; he's got a fantastic range of passing. I just think this game would, would be too quick for him, frankly. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Abelgar front. I. Th- thought he was quite good in the small moments that he was involved in the play last week. Even just that extra protection for the ball over the top of our rather small fullbacks, uh, his extra couple of feet really does help when it comes to the long ball. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, hopefully when the uh, starting lineups come out, we'll, we'll have more clarity on this. But you mentioned Jota there. It hasn't been confirmed that Jota will miss this game. Ange is being Ange and keeping his cards close to his chest. When it comes to the knock, he said that uh, it was a bit of a knock, maybe a bit of a strain, and he was a bit too good-looking as well. That was what I said when asked what was wrong with Jota and whether or not he'd be fully fit for this game. Uh, James, operating off the assumption that Jota is not available for this game, how does that change our approach, starting lineup, the way that we <laughs> even structured the, the attack with you know, as a Kyogre or Jakimakis, um, if you yeah, take that at him. Not, not, a, not a good uh, subtraction. Um, no. P- p- particularly if the... So th- this could impact, I'm guessing, anyway, the calculation that that uh, Ange goes through as far as deciding on the midfield setup because if Jota's out, does that prioritize uh, Haksabanovic out wide relative to... Um, playing him in midfield, you know, this goes back to Alan's uh, patented trademark uh, toxic combinations, uh, which is, you know, if we're, we're going to put 
hacks of i'm just going to call them hack because if i try to say that more than once it's going to be a complete even more of a debacle just call them haxa because haxa okay so if they put haxa in in midfield which you know has not been his primary positioning he's played there some in the past but not a lot i just looked the last time that um o'reilly had any real stretch as a defensive midfielder was over two seasons ago and it was a little bit uh back right at the beginning of his mk don's tenure uh, and we're talking not a lot of minutes, it's, you know, kind of, and I, you know, uh, and then at the, at the end of his Fulham, uh, period, he played a little bit. Um, so, you know, the idea that we're going to put these two guys in these two positions and Jota's now missing on the wing. And is it going to be Maeda? Is it going to be a, a bottom, you know, as the two wingers or does Forrest come in? none of these are uh, ideal situations. And my, my concern would be if you start stacking some of these guys up on a, on a, um, on a basis where they're not, again, that muscle memory part of it, where, because we're so pattern driven and, you know, the way that we guys are supposed to go in certain ways and there's a way that we play. And if guys aren't in that specific role to the point where they have that kind of muscle memory, um, to me, it increases the risks of, of errors. And again, and it, with this opposition, every one of those misplaced passes or guys, you know, three steps away from where they should be. Um, you know, we saw enough of that last week where, you know, as we, we joked kind of the, the jailbreak syndrome where they had four and five guys running at us where we were deficient in numbers. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't, again, I don't think there's a good answer here. It's a question of picking your poison and, you know, hoping that the way that you go might work out better and that people have good games and, and that the, the, you know, the support in the crowd really helps. And, you know, uh, people don't have as many misplaced passes and, you know, all the talk about being confident on the ball and all that type of stuff. Um, and hopefully you just have one of those games where a lot of this comes off. And I, I just, I'm just concerned you put more people out of the positions that they're really comfortable with. I mean, maybe you put Maeda back on the left because he's probably more comfortable on the left. Um, that kind of thing. Because the more people you play out of position, the more I get really anxious. Yeah, the forward line is going to be really interesting because I think the entire structure of the team has to be reworked. I definitely don't envy uh, Postcoglu <clears throat> in the build-up of this game because of the key injuries that have happened. And um, One player that hasn't had the best couple of games, I can't find the exact stat that I saw today, Alan, was uh, Dyson Maida. I think it was something like he had zero successful dribbles in the last three to four games and uh, one shot or something like that. It's been a pretty dire run of form for him. It's, it's not the ideal situation for... Uh, Celtic going into this game being out of form and having key players out injured but I guess if we're looking without seeing the team sheet if we're looking at the structure of the team how does the injury to Cal, Cal McGregor, the positioning of Matt O'Reilly and the forward line, how does that impact how we play in comparison to what, how, for example how we played last week and how we played in the Champions League already this year with Matt O'Reilly playing in as a second striker in the four four two out of position or out of possession uh, formation that we've been playing, how, how do you think that's going to impact? Is somebody else going to do his role, or or how do you think we're going to set up in that aspect? So, two different answers. Unfortunately, one is what I think Postecoglou will do, and one is what I would 
do, but then you know I'm, I'm probably a little bit more conservative than he is in that regard. And and listen, I'm hoping he gets the win that his principles deserve uh, tonight. Um, I suspect what he's going to do to cover that off is 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 is, is go what we went last uh, the weekend, which means that um, either Abada or Maida or Maida or both of them will will be you know dusted down and sent back out. Both players to me are not in great form. Maida is so off form. It's it's just I actually feel sorry for him. It's just is is in he's in a really bad place as far as his his form is concerned. Um, you know the end of the game against St. Johnson where he dribbled back half the length of the field and then just just really didn't know what to do with the ball, so he just gave it to one of their players in our box. It's just like it was just like he felt so sorry for him. The guy's the guy's just so out of touch. It's incredible. Um, nothing. I mean, he even he even got in the way of Matt O'Reilly's free kick <laughs> and, and deflected it wide. You know, he's just having a horrible, horrible time of it. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll play him. I think Aksabanovic, You know, had a good, really good game as a ten, and I think we're going to go really, really aggressive. <laughs> That's what I think we'll do. If it was me, actually, I would put. I would put Abelgard in. Abelgard in. I would move. I'd have Hatati and Riley in their normal positions. I would have um, Haksabanovic on the left, where he's perfectly comfortable. And that's his normal position. And this is going to seem really weird, but I would actually put Forrest on the right um, tonight because I just don't think either Abada or Maida are in good form. I think Forrest looks sharper than I expected when he in his in his minutes and his in his experience, and he cannot substitute experience at this level. You really cannot get enough of it. You know, Abelgore has only got 52 minutes in the Champions League, which was last week, or, or less than 50, 38 minutes, wherever it was. You know, Carter Vickers has come back. He looked, Carter Vickers looked, his timing was off. You know, the chat, you get the fouls he was giving away, the one that led to the goal. It's because his timing's not is not there because he's just not. And, and it's like the whole team, the whole team is misfiring at the moment. It's like it, it needs taking to the garage and tuned up somehow. Um, so to me, I would probably, that's why I would add a bit of stability I'd add a bit of solidity in terms of defensive cover with Abelgar, and I'd, I'd add experience and now some knowledge of the Champions League and in Forest. And you still got you still got a very attacking side there, and it can still play to the principles we we want to play to. But I just think Abada and Maida, I just you know, great to bring them on later in the game, and 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 you know because you know, as we've seen, we need to make subs and probably a bit earlier than we do, so they'll definitely play a significant part of the night. But I just want to see us get back to being solid. And when I say solid, I don't mean defensively rigid. I mean consistent in our play because that's what's lacking for me. It's not, it's not that. Um... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, I'm saying we should go more defensive or we should be tighter. I'm just saying we should be more consistent in our play. We're very ragged at the moment in what we're doing. We're not executing well at all uh, or even consistently. You know, in the game on Saturday, after the 19th minute in the first half, we didn't have a single shot at goal uh, to half time. Not a single one. There was a moment of, of nearly 10 minutes where we didn't have, we didn't complete a single pack pass. We didn't, you know, we didn't have a single aggressive forward pass for around 10 minutes. I mean, that's, we, 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 you know, if we don't score in our moments when we are on top and we do go at the other team, we seem to kind of, you know have a bit of a crisis of confidence at the moment. I don't know if it's a crisis of confidence, I don't know what you call it, but it, it, there's something just not quite right. And it might just be the, the injuries and the, and the, and the, and the and there might be a little bit of doubt in the players because they've come up against the Champions League teams and they've got a bloody nose and it's like, okay, we now need to kind of adjust, et cetera. But whatever it is, I would, I would just add a little bit more, as I say, solidity. I don't mean being defensive. I just mean being players that are probably going to play consistently is what I mean. There's loads of comments coming in on the YouTube channel and do keep them coming. We'll uh, try to get to some of them before we finish up. Uh, one one that I do want to focus on immediately is uh, Richie, who says that Abada is a coward. Uh, well, he, I mean, he's, he's 21 years old and has scored four goals in two games against Rangers. So I don't think um, he is that. Uh, so I just wanted to address that one before we move on with the, the actual show. Uh, James, 
it's been a week. I've almost forgotten how painful it was watching RB Leipzig terrorist shreds at times during the game. Uh, but one of the things that Celtic did in the game and Ange said it in the press conference afterwards was sort of pedestrian passing or safe passing, not brave passing. Uh, you know, players getting the ball, passing it back to the goalkeeper. And eventually it led to what he said was Hart's mistake. So he was kind of taking the, the pressure off or the, the blame off Hart. He said it was it was down to too many like calm or, or not brave passing um, from Celtic. If you were to look at what Celtic did last time out and what they need to do this time out, what would be the number one priority for you? Um, yeah, so I, I think it's... Um... And I, and I guess I'm more of a uh, uh, believer in in chaos than Ange, maybe. Meaning that, um, you know, some of this stuff is just kind of randomness. And um, what we need is a game where we're more aggressive with the forward passing and we have our more than our fair share of them going well. Uh, and when they don't go well, our more than our fair share of the bounces going our way. <laughs> um and, you know, we had some bounces go our way early in the first half uh, last week, and we just couldn't quite finish them in the box. Um, you know, they had a lot of people generally in front of our people with possession, so it wasn't like we had clear shots at goal. Um, but I, I think we're going to need some of that because, and this goes back to the selection uh, and Alan's uh, concept of toxic combination. So if, if you were to have just a hypothetical, like if you were to have a front three of Maeda, Abada, and Jackamacus, none of those three are particularly good on the ball and retaining possession and keeping possession. Uh, and then you had a, a midfield of Haxa, Hatate, and O'Reilly, two of which are very aggressive with their passing, but also that can mean you turn the ball over. I mean, Hatate in particular does that at a fairly high rate. Um, and it, when it comes off, it's beautiful and he makes brilliant passes at times. But every time it doesn't, again, turns into these transition opportunities. And um, because of the combination of our back five and um, uh, their attacking threat and athleticism, you know, so this is why I, I actually I'm open to the idea. Normally, I probably wouldn't be, but I'm open to the idea of a forest because he tends to be more secure on the ball um, and putting hacks on the left because he tends to be a little bit more secure on the ball, for example, um, uh, and, and, and going with the lineup that Alan mentioned. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a, just having some combination of players that are not going to turn the ball over a lot and having the dial turn to the point where we get more of the benefit of the attacking uh, passing, whether that's from deep, you know, the ball progression quickly uh, or in the final third, because we're going to have those opportunities. I mean, I think we know that now from watching Red Bull uh, Leipzig is that they're, they're, you know, they're kind of in the same neighborhood we are. I mean, that they're going to wait the attacking side of it and playing direct, and that's going to create transition transition opportunities for us. It's just when we do get those, we need it to kind of work out in our favor, um, more so than not. And I think some of that, a good chunk of that's just going to be kind of luck. <laughs> um, so hopefully, it the ball bounces in our way. Uh, as as we talked about in preparation for last week's game, it's you know Leipzig are chaos merchants, um, mm -hmm. and and um, you know we just need some of that chaos in our favor. 
Coming in from Christy, he says, please let this game, uh, please let this be the game where we finally take our chances. Scoreboard pressure, nothing like it. Uh, Matt O'Reilly was speaking in the press conference ahead of this game and he said something similar. He said that I think we know what we need to do to win the games now. It's just that ruthlessness in front of goal and being really clinical in those final moments. And it is something that Celtic have been doing um, in these games is creating a lot of chances, but not really taking them and not taking them at crucial points, you would say, Alan. Um, I just want to take us back to the 2-1 game in 2018. <clears throat> Celtic starting lineup for that was Craig Gordon in goals, Lustig, Boyata, Benkovic and Tierney in the back four, Cal McGregor and Ryan Christie in the double pivot, <laughs> James Forrest, Tom Rogic and Scott Sinclair and Odson Edward up front. Granted, if you look at that team, you've got Kieran Tierney, who was world-class at that point, and Odson Edward, who was absolutely unstoppable in that game. But there's not too many players in that team, Alan, that you would say would easily get into the starting lineup in Celtic's current setup. There are, <laughs> there are a couple, but there are a couple that would have to fight for their place. If yeah. you're talking about two simple things that Celtic need to do is, number one is take belief in that the, this Leipzig side are beatable at home. Um, and number two is take their chances. So which of them is more simple? Yeah, that's a pretty strong team, but it's a very attacking team actually as well that Celtic put out that night. Um, so listen, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of frighten frighten everybody, and then I'll try and kind of you know, focus on what, what might the positives be. But you know, last week, you know, I just look at the, how they played last week. I thought they were excellent. I really do. I mean, they're not perfect, and they're not, you know, one of the elite teams in Europe. Okay, um, and we'll come to that. But if you think that um, in terms of you know, we talk about pa- talk about packing data, so. Um, and the, I know the packing score is a little bit abstract, but think of the packing score as accumulation of rewarding forward passes that you complete and forward passes that you receive. And all of those things add up to your packing score. And then if you force a turnover, you might get some more points. And if you lose the ball and turnover, you might lose some. So essentially, it's the sum of all those things. And we had, uh, Celtic had one player who had over 100 packing score. That was Juranovic, who had exactly 100. Now, Juranovic had pretty much the run of the right side uh, off the park in the first half especially because Werner just didn't track back so he will get he will be hugely important tonight if Werner plays on the left of their uh their sort of um you know uh uh four four up front um and Taylor Taylor was on 99 was just behind they had seven players that had an over 100 packing score okay so they what that means is in simple layperson's terms is that they found it incredibly easy to play through us okay and they find it very easy to bypass our players going forward um and and especially you know Guardiola, Raum, uh, Raum, Raum both ways in terms of he was getting on the ball quite aggressively going forward Andre Silva was popping up absolutely everywhere causing chaos Shopperslai the same you know we were able to find holes uh, all over the place so Huge danger there. Now, in terms of, um, and we saw that, you know, in terms of the quality of the attackers, um, you know, Werner, German international, Andre Silva, Portuguese international, and Kunku is going to go for a lot of money. French international, Shabazzlai, Hungary's great, great sort of um, young hope. It's a huge amount of talent there. That If you give them that, that amount of space, we're going to get badly, badly hurt again. You know, but there's so many things that we can do, but we can't possibly be as open as we were in terms of our team shape. In terms of the gap, the spacing between the lines, in terms of how um, disorganised we were about our pressing, 
and in terms of how deep the defence was relative to the rest of the team. We have to get those things right to restrict the space that they've got. We need to push up and be very, very brave and hope that the VAR and the lines people do their job as far as uh, offsides are concerned. In terms of you know what gives us hope, well, you know we, we did make chances, we did create chances, and, and we and we will against this team. Um, you know they do they do essentially attack with six players. They leave the two holding midfielders and the two centre backs pretty much to, to hold the four. That means there's huge amounts of space on transition out wide. We've got good good full fullbacks that can attack that space. Uh, we've got a bit of pace in the wide areas. So we need to you know we need to in transition again be smart about playing out and playing into those into those gaps. Um, and, you know, as I say, they're, they're not a top elite European team. We, we can create chances against them. We created, by my metrics, about one and a half XG, but we gave up nearly three. So we've got to get that balance that balance right. I mean, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave, with, leave you with one, there's one last sort of, sort of non, non-data-driven point, which is I, I believe this is a game un, for which they are under far more pressure than we are. Okay, this is a club that is geared for Champions League football. The owners expect Champions League football. The investment expects Champions League football. And although they aren't going to necessarily beat Bayern Munich every year in the Bundesliga, the expectation is they're up there challenging in the top four of the Bundesliga for that title and certainly to to cement one of those Champions League places. They're currently languishing in mid-table. They know if they lose this game, then pretty much Celtic need to beat... um, Shakhtar Donetsk in their final home game and and RB Leipzig are probably out of the Champions League and with their position in the Bundesliga that could pretty much kill their season dead okay because that, and it's going to be a really low key season for them you know can they can they kind of move from mid table up so i think they're under enormous pressure to do well in this game much more so than we are you know Celtic i know we all want to get out of the Champions League group but we're the fourth pot team we're a team that's lacking experience We'd all love to get out there, but would it would it be, would it be season defining if we didn't qualify for the last sixteen of the Champions League? Would it would we look back on whatever happens next and say, well, yeah, we won we won the league and we won the cup, but oh, we didn't get to the last sixteen of the Champions League. The season's a disaster. We wouldn't, we wouldn't. I think it would be disappointing if we didn't make it into third place, but I don't think it would be a disaster if we if we. Um, now I'm sure the players and the manager don't have that attitude. I'm just trying to look at it dispassionately, and and as I say, my point is, I do think they're under enormous pressure tonight. So. You can't you can't sort of you know force a team to score first, but if we can at least get a lead, get yeah. the confidence up, get the momentum going, get the crowd going, then you know this is a team that's that we can get at. But we have to be tighter and more compact out of possession. We have to be better organised about our press, and we have to take our chances, which is easier said than done. But you're not going to get anything at this level if you don't. Yeah. Just one final point on the sort of tactical side of things and how Celtic are going to set up. I, I'm not sure. Did you did you watch the Arsenal Liverpool game at the weekend by any chance? So just broad broad strokes. Arteta comes from the same uh, line of coaching as Ange does. The City Group. He is a fan of the inverted fullbacks, just like Pep Guardiola is. That's why he brought Zinchenko to the club at the weekend against Liverpool. He changed his entire structure of the defence. With uh, by bringing Tommy Asu in at left back and, and instead of Kieran Tierney, and what that did was he didn't play his inverted fullbacks. He played normal bog standard fullbacks, and that was to deal with the two Liverpool fullbacks who push up in this in a similar fashion to what the RB Leipzig uh, fullbacks do. Is that something that we could look at for this game where Celtic can actually maybe change things up again uh, a little bit going forward? That. Juranovic and Greg Taylor don't invert that, or do you think we need them in midfield 
to to get the overlap sort of thing. So I mean, for for me, Liverpool. I think it's. I don't think it's uh, apples and apples. So I mean, Liverpool put a great emphasis on getting, uh, you know, with uh, they've, they've got they've got high attacking wingers and they've got attacking fullbacks and then they try and get connections there. The midfield is pretty much there to hold the fort. Whilst you know, whereas we said Leipzig attack with six, Liverpool generally attack with five. If one of the midfielders can bomb on, that's good mm-hmm. to support. But it's more attacking down the flanks. Whereas what Leipzig will try to do is they'll try and play through through the centre. And that's why having just one player holding, or even even a 4-4-2 shape out of, out of possession, is just leaving too many holes in the middle. I just think we need to probably think about changing our shape out of possession and being more compact. If you remember last season, um, uh, you know what the, what the Rangers did was they absolutely congested the middle of the pitch. They put three centre-backs in, they had f- three centre mid- defensive centre midfielders in front of them, and they just forced them wide. And they, and they had no and they had no answer to it. They had nowhere to go. And I, yeah. I'm, well, I'm sure we won't play like that. But 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 that's 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 what. If you want to know one one way to absolutely frustrate them, it would be that. But we're not going to play like that. So <laughs> what are you going to do? We can have a, we can have an academic conversation about it if you want, but it isn't going to make any difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's twenty to six now. The game's at eight o'clock, so I think we would just about be finishing up that by the time the the game would be kicking off if we did get into that. And um, so just to round this off, then this is absolutely this game is the crucial game. It sort of was from the get-go that Celtic need to make the most off their home games, especially against Leipzig and Shakhtar. The Real Madrid game was sort of a free shot in many ways. Um, James, if you were to look at your sort of confidence barometer, where would it be at this point in time? Are you feeling more confident since we're at home? Or does last week's sort of humbling uh, take that any confidence that you might have had in this game away? Yeah, I think the loss of McGregor um kind of mutes that for me unfortunately um had we not lost mcgregor i'd probably be reasonably confident of 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 getting a result at least um you know i i i think the base case here is um similar because of that is probably similar to last week with kind of the the ranges around that which are wide i mean there's a lot of in, in any single game i mean obviously there's so much variance in what can happen just the, with with luck, um, but you know uh, they didn't. As, as we talked about, they didn't even play it to Allen's point. Like they created a lot of ball progression and transitions, but they were weren't on their top notch uh, playing last week either. Um, it could have been worse had some things come off. I mean, we talked about the number of jailbreaks that passes were just a little bit not quite weighted, um, you know, with, with guys coming in one-on-one with heart potentially. Um, so, you know, we, we just, we just need a lot of that to happen. <laughs> we need them to, and it's possible to Alan's point, they are under pressure here. Uh, so maybe if they're a little tighter and that makes them from not playing great, which they were okay last week with that, a lot of this, uh, to them actually having a bad night, which would be terrific. Um, because then we can really give them problems, with with Kyogo running in behind and that kind of stuff, and with Hatate hitting those kind of through balls, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't think that's the base case, but it's certainly not a small chance of that happening. I mean, I think there's a, a, a reasonable chance of, of that scenario playing out. Um, I just I, I don't like having my hopes up too much on in that kind of scenario. Um, <laughs> Because uh, I don't like getting too disappointed, um, so I'm, I'm trying to come in with like a flat expectation. So if it does happen, <laughs> I'm thrilled and 
gleeful and celebrating. Um, but that that's not the base case for me anyway. That's fair. Alan, do you want to jam in on your confidence levels? <laughs> I mean, they're not great. I think we're in a period at the moment where we seem to be floundering around trying to find um, consistency as a team in terms of our performance. And that's very different to where we have been over the last year, really. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how we kind of navigate out of this. You know, every week seems to bring more injuries to key players. So for, for those reasons, and just because of I thought they, although they weren't outstanding last week, I thought they were looked a really good side. And, you know, they've got a clear plan. And then basically they can, they can play the way we want to play better than we can. That's really what it comes down to in my mind. And they've got much more up top than what we, we have in terms of uh, just sheer quality at this level. And therefore, for those reasons, I'm, I'm pretty fearful uh, based on just based on the evidence of my own eyes. That's that's my honest assessment. But, you know, it's it's, it's Champions League. It's a home game. Um, they don't necessarily always travel well, although, you know, they only lost by one goal over two games against PSG last season. They scored three at Main Road and they lost six. They won 5-0 in Bruges. They won 3-1 in Sociedad. You know, they won two nil in Atalanta. You know, this is this is a really, really good side. So, you know, for those reasons, I'm not I'm not optimistic. I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay. but you know, I'm happy to be uh, happy to be wrong on that. Obviously. Mm. Well, one of the things that I wanted to come out of this Champions League campaign was to stop the opposition from being happy to come to Celtic Park. And judging by Marco Rose's comment, <laughs> comments in the press conference, that has well and truly not happened. Uh, very happy to be coming to Celtic Park tonight. Yep. Uh, but uh, we'll wait and see. Give predictions for the game? I, I, I'm not giving one this. This, 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 uh, this is mean. You're, you're being mean-spirited now. Well, you got it last year. You got it last yeah, exactly. Year. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't want to uh, create any kind of jinx. Uh, okay. So I, I abstain humbly. Alan, do you want to give me a prediction? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, I do fear another sort of two, not three goal, three goal loss. I think, I think we're just not at it at the moment, and uh, this is a, this is a, a very good side that we're up against. So, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to define the season as I say, in, in, if that does happen, but uh, you know, that's that's where I'm, my head's at certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, we uh, are a little bit more optimistic going into the game and in terms of the dressing room and hopefully we get a result. <laughs> Absolutely. It better be. If you paid me to be confident, I'd be really confident. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a classic, I'm a classic Ireland supporter in which that I have no confidence in the first three hours before the game and then 10 minutes before the kickoff. I'm like, yeah, I think we could do it tonight, actually. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and we, we'll, we'll see. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned in and who's uh, still watching and leaving comments. Do keep them uh, coming. And I just wanted to finish off the, the podcast today with a small word on what happened over in Chrysler, which isn't too far away from my hometown in Donegal. An absolute tragedy. Um, 10 people lost their lives in a gas explosion. And one of them was actually a, a big Celtic supporter, Martin McGill. There's going to be a minute silence before the game and the team's going to be wearing black arm, uh, armbands in tribute to them and to Martin as well. So uh, may Martin and the rest of them uh, rest in peace. And there's also a GoFundMe page, what was, which was set up for the victims and the victims' families and the community to start rebuilding. It's way past the expectations. I think it's over 200K has already been raised. I'm going to drop the the link for that in the description. If anybody does want to get involved, there's absolutely no pressure, but it's a well worth the cause and uh, it's going to help a lot of families who are in absolute desperate need 
off it after a, a horrible couple of weeks uh, or a couple of days. So um, increase that in Donegal. So this podcast is uh, is dedicated to them and hopefully they'll uh, rest in peace and hopefully their families can get over this tragedy very soon. We'll chat to you later, folks. Good luck. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.